Thank you for joining us for our podcast series on culturally responsive and socially just assessment. I'm Gavin Henning, Professor of Higher Education and Program Director of the Masters in Higher Education Administration and Doctorate of Education Programs at New England College here in New Hampshire. I also have the privilege to serve as the President for the Council of Advancement of Standards in Higher Education, otherwise known as CAS. My colleague, Ann Lundquist, Associate Vice President for Campus Adoption at Campus Labs, and I've been facilitating conversations regarding culturally responsive and socially just assessment since our conference presentations in March 2018 at ACPA. We see ourselves as facilitators of a conversation that has many voices across the field, most of them in written form or conference presentations. This year, we've joined together with representatives from a number of higher education organizations, including NASPA, ACPA, AACNU, NILOA, Caucus, and AALHE and SAL to continue the dialogue, generate interest, and increase the number of people involved in this important conversation. So far, we've presented three webinars that you can locate by visiting campusintelligence.com. And another project we're working on is this engaging podcast series. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast on culturally responsive and socially just assessment. Our guests today are Dr. Natasha Jankowski, Director and Research Assistant Professor with the Department of Education, Policy, Organization, and Leadership at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, and Eric Montenegro, Communications Coordinator at NILOA, and who is also a doctoral student in the Education Policy, Organization, and Leadership Program at the University of Illinois. We wanted to talk with Natasha and Eric about their 2017 paper, Equity and Assessment, Moving Towards Culturally Responsive Assessment. Eric and Natasha, thank you very much for talking with us today about your paper on equity and assessment. Before we get started with the questions, can you both introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, sure. My name is Eric Montenegro. I am the Communications Coordinator and a Research Analyst for NILOA, the National Institute for Learning Outcomes Assessment. Uh, and I'm also a PhD student at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign studying education policy organization and leadership. Great, thank you. Natasha. Wonderful. Well, welcome, everyone. My name is Natasha Jankowski. I'm the director of the National Institute for Learning Outcomes Assessment, or NALOA, and I'm also a faculty member um, within the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Really excited to talk about equity and assessment. Thank you too for and joining us. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about where you know the, where the idea for the article um, originated? What kind of got your um, idea moving, and where did this all come from? Yeah, well, I think it was a bit of a a slow burn. Um, it first kind of we first kind of delved into the space in 2015 with the MSI report, looking at minority-serving institutions, um, and that data was gathered through NILOA's National Survey of Provosts in 2014. And we kind of wanted to see if there were any key different uh, differences between the way that minority serving institutions go about assessment, both compared with non-MSIs and as well with the subcategories of MSIs. Uh, there are seven subcategories, including Hispanic serving institutions, historically black colleges, universities, and so on. And what we found was that even with variables uh, for institutional type held constant, uh, there were still significant differences. So our conclusion was that the assessment efforts at these institutions must be influenced by the students that they serve. Um, and also on a more personal note, while we were attending assessment conferences, I was having a really difficult time seeing myself in the presentations and in the data. As a Latino student that's an English language learner, 
um, not only was the data like seldom disaggregated, but the larger conversation was not even considering the fit between our assessments and who our students are. And I thought that was a bit problematic. So after kind of discussing that in-house, uh, we became uh, an increasing motivator, not just for me, but also for Natasha, I guess speaking, speaking for her, uh, to push this work forward. Um, and seeing how college enrollments were forecasted to change with a huge influx of students of color, uh, institutions that may not be serving these students well really needed to kind of start thinking about this, especially when it came to assessing their learning. And while access to college is still problematic for many communities of color, so is ensuring that these students get through and earn a degree in which assessment plays a huge role. And if assessment continues in the path that it has traditionally followed, where there are concerns about whose voice is being heard, what types of learning are being privileged, and whether the focus is on actual learning or on fit between assumptions about students' preparation and actual lived realities, um, that we felt that there was a real conversation timely at that. And we were also very intentional in approaching the conversation from the perspective of culture and not on diversity, uh, and also in using the word equity and not equality. Uh, for one, diversity is something that we all should strive for, but it's also become a buzzword in higher education to the point where people are kind of turned away at the sound of it. And we really wanted folks to be receptive of the message. And culture also kind of gets at the idea behind equity more so than diversity, because race cannot be ignored, right? Race and ethnicity are central aspects of one's culture, with the added benefit that culture also involves aspects beyond race, uh, such as the implicit and explicit and cognitive attributes that come together to shape how a person experiences the world. And we focus on equity because assessment has long thought of itself as a practice that fosters equality. However, giving everyone the same exam or the same assignment and having everyone demonstrate learning in the exact same way, even though students take different paths to get to that knowledge, is a quality in process, but not in result. So equity focuses on what's fair. And to me, what's fair is ensuring that every single student has the opportunity to adequately demonstrate their knowledge, their gains in ways that is most appropriate for him, hers, or. And finally, in this paper, we kind of use the term responsive because we feel that assessment needs to be attuned to the needs of students, the institution, and the field in real time. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just say amen to all of that. <laughs> but I I think for us it was it had been something that we'd been talking about within the LOA. But one of the things I think that was really interesting for this paper and where this conversation came about was the awareness of the role that we have to be able to start a conversation. And so in our role as this national institute we can publish things that we think are important or timely and give a folks a space to think about it. And so we didn't want to do something where it's, you know, shaming assessment, but we wanted to open up the conversation on what is the relationship between equity and assessment? What does it look like to whom? And being very understanding of our um, positionality to, to do something like that. But I also think the field was ready for a conversation at this point that it wouldn't have been prior because you saw an increasing awareness of thinking about how we engage students in assessment. It's not something that's happening to them, but with them, so they have a role that's different. Um, you saw a broadening of the types of measures that folks were using to assess. And while it has, I think, been more of a measurement issue around fairness in this space, the conversation was widening. And I think that's a huge shout out to um, the rubric use uptake pushed from AAC and you and the Value Institute, because it allows you to have multiple means of demonstration to look at the same 
evaluative criteria. So you're holding it to the same review process and the learning that you want to see, but how you go about demonstrating it widens. So there was a natural space as well within the field to start a conversation like this instead of sort of throwing something out there and watching it sink and not, not getting folks engaged. That's great. Thank you both so much. I'm I'm wondering what kind of interest, uh, given that, has been generated since you published the paper and what kind of responses have you gotten and who else have you interacted with around this conversation that you said you wanted to get started? Yeah, I think I think for the most part the reception has been pretty positive. Um, there's always been a lot of examples in the field of this work kind of taking place, but they tend to be the exception and not the rule. So one of the responses that we've gotten, especially when we go and present this work, has been that folks feel validated uh, because they've been doing the work but have not really had a space to talk about it. Um, and there's also been this kind of effort to get at the heart of what equity and assessment is trying to get at, but not really, I guess, in, in the direct way that we talk about it. And we also realize that we by far are not the experts and by no means can we carry the conversation on our own. So we really open the conversations for those that are doing the work to wrestle with the concepts we bring forth and to also speak amongst themselves with the concepts they introduce, the experience that they have on their campuses. And right now we have 12 responses on our website to the equity paper with more kind of coming down the line. Um, but the responses have been very varied. Um, not only are they both national and international, uh, but they bring different perspectives, both from the system level, um, whether their they're role in assessment, whether they're assessment practitioners, faculty, admins, and as well as the range of topics that the authors choose to really hone in on in their responses. Yeah, I, I would just add um, to, to Eric that I, there was good interest and no one said no to us when we invited them to respond. <laughs> So I always take that as a good sign. But once we started asking people to participate, we had others come and say, oh, can we do a response? Which I think is even a better sign than just people saying no. But there was a shift from, you know, let's refine and think about what is culturally responsive assessment look like? What are the other literature bases and conversations that are happening, such on um, social justice in this space, and, and thinking more broadly about intersections of points, which was wonderful to then move into not let's refine the framework, but now we want examples on the ground. And so instead of having a, well, I don't know if this is really worth our time or something that we should be talking about as a field, people really got it and picked up with it and wanted to talk about it and connect it to things that they were already thinking about in their practice and then move into the, the example phases. And as Eric had said, I think um, the validation for folks was really nice because from having a space to talk about that, we were able to say, you know, minority serving institutions, you're doing assessment differently, but it's not wrong. And there's a lot that we can learn from that. And especially with like historically black colleges and universities, there's that collaboration for excellence in educational quality assurance or CEQA that came together to share how they're thinking about and approaching these issues. And so it also not only created a space for us to think about this in terms of scholarship, but created a space to get the voices of practitioners out in a way um, that that wasn't potentially as mainstream as it had been prior. Thanks so much. You know, and I want to uh, again thank you for publishing the paper because it really got some um, ideas flowing for me, and actually jump started a conversation that Ann and I had last year. And even since the publication um, back in January 2017, almost two years now, 
Uh, my ideas kind of have evolved both in terms of as I've been thinking about it, but also reading the responses um, on the website to the paper and even just having informal conversations with folks at conferences. Um, my eyes have, ideas have changed a little bit. Have your ideas evolved since the publication as you heard, Martin? If so, um, in what ways have they done so? Yeah, I think by far just like you said, speaking to folks is, is one big way to kind of wrestle with the with the concepts introduced. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is that finding out that there's different ways that folks have been talking about this work, different terms, but it all gets down to the same fundamental issues of bringing equity to the heart of assessment, uh, kind of adds that added encouragement to really building a coalition of folks that can have these examples be brought to the forefront. So for me, it's been more focused on letting those examples kind of shine in the way that they have been talking about it, the way they're doing it in those campuses and those instances where they do occur. Um, and also to be more of not just of the ones leading the conversation, but to also kind of bring in those folks into it and really kind of own it and drive it themselves, right? Because one of the things that, especially when you're talking about minority serving institutions and populations of color, those tend to be kind of shepherded. People tend to own the conversation and kind of put it in a way that, oh, it's us helping you as opposed to you helping yourself or give or allowing us to learn from what you have been doing that has been right and working for you. So to me, that perspective has has been a major shift. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, just to add to that, it's there's been a shift in how we talk about the work. Um, so when we first released it and it would come up, I would have this slide and I would say, you know, and we have this paper on equity assessment. If you're interested, check it out and sort of like leave this mysterious hanging over it um, and walk away from it and then see, you know, what, what happened from that space. But as we've these conversations have moved and as more folks have gotten involved, I think there's two different tracks in how um, the ideas have evolved since, since the publication. And one is this uptake and understanding that we really need to have some hard conversations to address potentially um, current assumptions that are built into our processes, really think about you know, what, what are we going for in the purpose of assessment? Like if it's about the learning, then what does that mean for the systems and structures that we've built? And how have those unintentionally um, created situations that are less than ideal for, for the, the vast uh, majority of our learners and sometimes. But so there is this one that's like, let's actually take a look and unpack and have these hard conversations. And, you know, how do we talk about our structures and reorganize? How do we have professional development with faculty to have them thinking about, you know, even the role of, of as an assignment, right? Because if there's, if you consistently run into throughout your um, educational journey, assignments that aren't validating things that you bring with you, that can really impact your sense of belonging as a learner. And so what are the ways to have those types of conversations? So that's sort of one track of, of thinking about it. And the other are those that say, wow, this is great, we wanna do it. Can you give us the examples? And I think that's maybe on a developmental trajectory, one step away from, well, we need to look at our current assumptions and things of that. But I love the fact that people want to see and learn from others on what they're doing in this. And so we are so delighted to be part of the joint call with Campus Labs and the Council for the Advancement of Standards on people sharing their work in this space, because I know that there's more going on than we've seen just in the survey data we have, but there hasn't been an outlet for folks to share. And so I just wanna say thank you guys for being a part of helping provide a venue to get um, examples and things out and about. 
Thank you so much, Natasha and Eric. I love, 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 Eric, what you said about bringing equity to the heart of assessment. I'm writing that down. I think imagining that on a t-shirt. Um, uh, and also, Natasha, I guess to your point, um, we're excited too about the ways in which uh, people have been asking for that practical resources or this is great, what can I do next? I was a guest lecturer in a grad school class and I was trying to just sort of summarize some of the terminology and the concepts in the field and the graduate student, you know, she raised her hand and said, um, this is great theoretical stuff, but can you tell me what I can do, you know, in um, as an entry level professional? How can I apply this? So. My question is, um, what are some of the things that you all or NILOA in general are working on? Or are you thinking about curating any resources or um, those practical ways for folks to um, be more culturally responsive in their own assessment practices? Yeah, I think, well, for me, the most obvious thing is uh, my dissertation work, um, recognizing that assessment is very practical. Um, well, I'm hoping that the dissertation begins to kind of sow the seeds of building a framework for culturally responsive and student-focused assessment that can really provide a guide for how to implement this work on a more wider scale. Um, in addition, we just recently wrapped up um, a web scan for minority-serving institutions, which is our attempt of looking across all uh, institutional websites for minority-serving institutions to see what kind of assessment information they post. Uh, get at their transparency efforts, but also see how their mission of being uh, serving to a specific population of color plays into their assessment endeavors. And as well, I think, as Natasha mentioned before, the Collaborative for Excellence in Educational Quality and Assessment, CEQA, it's the first collaborative of its kind, and it's a really good resource for folks um, to really learn from the assessment practices that are happening at HBCUs and really kind of get that work out. And it's just a really good resource for folks to turn to. Yeah, I would, I would add to it that I think um, in terms of curating resources, there's two different ways to think about it. And one is that this is, there's a huge human element to equity and assessment and really thinking that through. And it's a lot of conversations and dialogues and reflection. So on the one hand, for curating resources, part of it has been finding the people that can help facilitate, have these conversations, be examples for others, um, point folks to resources and, and raising them up as, you know, here's a good group of folks that you can go and have these conversations with or have already been thinking about this and doing it in their work. And so if you need someone to come and, you know, or sit with you and have a cup of tea and like talk it through, there's there's people for you. So on that human element side, definitely trying to to curate resources in terms of people that that can that are interested in and want to have these conversations. In terms of NALOA resources, on, on the sort of other side of that, um, we've been building it into any of the toolkits or the work that, that we release. And while there's not, you know, this giant stamp of equity um, on it or a section that says equity, what we've instead tried to do is infuse the questions that sort of come out of the paper of how to look at your practice into any of the materials that we put out. So as we revised our curriculum mapping toolkit to talk more broadly about mapping learning, one of the things that we wanted to do was help people see their work differently, their role within it, the implications of certain systems, um, and how not engaging students to understand fully their perspective can actually hurt what we're trying to do in the learning that we're hoping 
to help our students achieve. And, and same with our, our assignment conversations and design is adding those elements and those questions to start to make that shift. And so it becomes part of our conversation as we look at our educational design. And I think that's been um, really helpful because I, I always think about there's that selective attention test where it's that short video where there's the people passing the basketball and you have to count how many times the folks in white like pass the ball to each other and they're moving in circles and uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about at all? I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. It's the yes. short. Yeah, so for anyone listening, I'm going to ruin this video. So if you if you don't if you want to watch this and not have it um, spoiled, this is the time to like earmuff. Um but you you count and at the end like partway through the video, like some people chuckle and everyone's like Shh, I'm, I'm counting. Like this is very serious, right? And at the end it's something like 15 or 12 times they pass and the facilitator asks how how many of you saw the gorilla? And they rewind the video and walking through the middle of this is a person in a gorilla suit, like not even like running, like walking slowly, stands in the middle, beats on their chest, and then continues on. And I feel like that is what's been happening a lot of times to our equity conversation is our students come through, they stand there and they're like, what? Why is this a thing? And I have to do this. And then they go through and we, sometimes we notice a couple of us do and laugh or make changes actually more realistically, not laugh. But the vast majority of us miss it. And so I think for us in our resources and the curation, it's to really make sure that no one misses the gorilla and that that's a part of what we see anytime we're looking at something. Thank you both very much. This has been fascinating. Um, and I think about the implications of starting this conversation. Um, they're not only implications for our practice and how we actually go about um, doing assessment, but I think about what we actually assess. Um, because Natasha, you talked about the structures, and I think there's structures in, in regard to what we do and how we do assessment, but even the structures that comprise our institutions. And can assessment help us uncover some of those issues and how those structures actually impact equity? You know, and then I think about it from you know the identity perspective, Eric, which you brought up, not only keeping in mind the identities of all in the, the intersectional identities of, of our students, but even us as practitioners and how we approach this. Um, you know, I've been thinking about my uh, identity as a white heterosexual cisgender man and, and how does that impact how I approach assessment? And to be honest, before this paper came out, I never really thought about that. And so I really see this conversation sparking a lot more conversations. And I'm thinking about um, like a neuron with all these tendrils uh, poking out and continuing to grow as people talk more and more about this. So I really want to thank you for, for starting this conversation. Um, and I think it's just going to continue to go on. And I really look forward to seeing more around the work that you're doing in this area and, and um, partnering with you all as we move forward. Um, so. Thank you very much again for starting this conversation and getting us moving in the right direction. And Gavin, one more thing before we wrap up too, because we have been talking with Eric and Natasha about this. Um, Natasha, is this an, a time when you want to mention the case study? I think it's back to our conversation around um, what are what practices are people engaged in. The fact that um, you know, much as we interact with so many people, all of us, we just don't know there's all these great practices going on. So, is there anything that you want to mention? Because we'll, folks might be listening to this and think, "Hey, I'd like to be involved in that." Yes, um, thank you. And also, thank you so much for having Eric and I um, in and, and have a part of this conversation. Um, but yes, so uh, Campus Labs and CAS, the, the Council for the Advancement of Standards, and the LOA have put out a call 
for folks to share any examples that they have. Um, there's a short sort of Qualtrics form to, to fill it out. And then from that, we're hoping to do some deeper dives and some case studies. But the initial call, uh, which you can find in our website and newsletter or social media and, and all of those kinds of things, um, is, is inviting anyone that has something. And even if you're like, I'm not sure if this is an equity related practice or I think I'm doing something, just share with us. Um, one of the nice things about this being an emerging and evolving conversation is there's no sort of this is in and that is out. And we really want this to be, as Anne was saying, a broad net to capture things that we just aren't aware of and that, um, might be some wonderful examples for folks in this work. So please do uh, respond to that and share share the work that you're doing. And if you're not sure, share anyway, because we always love to hear what folks are, <laughs> are up to. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to those case studies. So as, as you mentioned, that we can really bring these abstract thoughts into reality and so people can really see how that can be practically implemented and really, I think, jumpstart some other ideas and so we can learn from each other. So thank you too very much for sharing your time and your thoughts um, uh, with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.